Welcome to the Staying Ages podcast, a show that will equip you with the major keys to achieve extraordinary longevity. This is your girl, Asosa E, also known as Raw Girl. I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach. And today on the show, we are going to be talking about the power of the subconscious mind to jumpstart healing. To get this longevity party started, I'm going to discuss with you guys how the subconscious mind actually works and how regular meditation helps us support our healing using the power of our subconscious mind. Later, we're going to be chatting with our expert for today, Bianca DeGroat. She is an amazing clinical hypnotherapist, advanced rapid transformation therapy practitioner, and past life regression therapist. I am so grateful to have each and every one of you tuning in today. And if the show inspires you, I'm inviting you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button, all right? And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me to get awesome feedback and feedback that helps us improve the show. So any reviews are much appreciated. All right, y'all, let's get into today's topic. Lately, I've been borderline obsessed uh, with the power of the subconscious mind to heal any area of our lives, including the physical body. I learned about work from practitioners like Dr. Joe Dispenza, Marissa Peer, and these people really opened my eyes to a way to go even deeper to help my clients who perhaps want to be healthy but have a really difficult time sticking with a regimen long term because they continuously go back to their subconscious programming. What I've discovered as a practitioner is that some clients have actually decided in their minds that they are going to be sick, and this is because of some benefit that they're deriving from it, whether or not they are consciously aware. They may have come from a background where they were not securely loved and only got attention while ill, or they use their illness as a bargaining chip to draw others in and gain more attention and validation. Or maybe... They make themselves sick through fear and anxiety about getting sick in the first place. (laughs) Whatever it is, it's really, really all what our minds can do. So it's important that we guard and direct our minds to the outcomes that we want in our lives. So the power of the subconscious mind is becoming more evident because researchers are learning more about the brain. And research is suggesting that the power of the subconscious mind is faster and more unlimited than the conscious mind. Research has shown that It makes up over 90% of the brain, and our subconscious mind is on the job 24-7. The most pressing concerns are our safety and our pleasure. So all of your automatic body processes and learned behaviors come under the power of the subconscious mind. All of your behaviors are basically memorized, learned patterns, and every emotional response that you have is also under the power of your subconscious mind, whether you react with tears, laughter, anger, or fear. So what happens to us by default is that our lives basically read like a printout of our subconscious belief programs. Even though it is consciousness that we are aware of, it is the unconscious mind operating behind our awareness that really runs the show. And this is because the power of our subconscious mind is not usually under the control of the conscious mind. Once our thoughts and behaviors become automated, like a program, like I just mentioned, This bio supercomputer operates without conscious awareness and it has different jobs. And these part of our brain may work together or they can be at odds with each other. 
So how does all this get started? Well, basically during our early formative childhood years, we are literally in a state of hypnosis. Yep, you heard that right. When scientists measure brain waves of children from birth to the age of six, they find that children spend the majority of time in alpha and theta brainwave cycles. Theta waves are basically present during hypnosis, deep meditation, and light sleep, and also in the all-important REM dream state. So it is the realm of your subconscious. So basically what's happening in our formative childhood years, and this is really integral for parents to understand, is that we take on beliefs about ourselves, about life, that will remain unconscious throughout the rest of our entire lives. Isn't that crazy? And it shows up in our behaviors, achievements, goals, how we choose our friends, and even our life partner. Basically, every single belief that you have has been put there or suggested by somebody else. But here's the good news. If our programming is not getting us the life we want, we can change it. Meditation is a practice that can definitely help us reset. A meditation really not only changed my life, but I would say that it slowly but surely saved my life. Again, we are in a state of meditation when we're in the theta brainwave state. So we're putting in the work on that subconscious mind every single time we meditate. Meditation can come in many forms and it doesn't have to be specifically tied to a religious practice. I went through my own journey of trying so many different techniques, but what I landed on that now works for me is literally just sitting in simple silence for 20 to 30 minutes. On a good day, I try to get an hour in a total of meditation. So let's talk a little bit about some of the benefits. I mean, there's so many and I can't get to all of them today, but in a study published in Neuroscience of Consciousness, researchers from the US found that those who meditate have reduced levels of interleukin-6, which is an inflammation biomarker, which is often associated with cancers. It also helps us stay stress-free. The Journal of Health Psychology published research that not only does meditation make you feel less stressed, it actually reduces the level of the stress hormone cortisol. The other amazing thing to note is that meditation can reduce physical stress as well as mental. In a study conducted on athletes, it was found that meditation can help improve pain tolerance during the process of rehabilitation. Meditation rewires our bad habits, and this is where we're chipping away at that subconscious programming. One of the first things you may notice after a regular meditation practice is that it starts to shift your emotional responses to situations that may have been previously aggravating. Going within helps us to rewire bad habits as well as observe our actions and reactions in a way we may have never done before and make conscious adjustments. Why is this? Well, researchers found that regular meditation changes our brain. Long-term meditators were found to have an increased amount of gray matter in the insula and sensory regions, the auditory and sensory cortex, and more gray matter in the frontal cortex, which is associated with working memory and executive decision-making. They also found that the amygdala, which is what triggers our fight or flight response in reaction to stress, was actually smaller in those who practice mindfulness and that the brain changes begin to happen within just eight weeks of practice. Literally just meditating for two months straight, rewire your entire brain. Man, the list goes on, y'all. It helps us sleep better, generally improves our mood and reduces psychological distress improves brain functioning. And when it comes to aging, meditation can help us in multiple ways. Meditation has a strong correlation with the lengthening of our telomeres in scientific studies, which basically helps us slow the process of aging. This may be because 
It combats stress and promotes a balanced cognitive expression. Improvements in attention and clarity of thinking may help us keep our mind young. A 2014 review of 12 studies in the New York Academy of Sciences found that multiple meditation styles increase attention, memory, and mental quickness in older volunteers. In addition to fighting normal age-related memory loss, meditation can at least partially improve memory in patients with dementia. It also can help us control stress and improve coping with those who are caring for family members who have dementia. It's a lot, y'all. It's a lot. All right. We're going to take a short break. And when we return, we will be speaking to our lovely guests. So stay tuned. We are back. And today's guest is Bianca DeGroat. She is a Los Angeles-based, shout out to LA, (laughs) clinical hypnotherapist, advanced rapid transformation therapy practitioner, and past life regression therapist, who is in the business of clearing blocks and improving lives. After eliminating her own migraines and a 17-year smoking habit with hypnotherapy, She got a very intimate look at the power of the mind. Through her trainings with renowned British hypnotherapist Marissa Peer and past life regression pioneer Dr. Brian Weiss, she continued to discover just how much can be achieved when you understand how the mind works. She has made it her mission to educate and guide her clients to having lives that are fortified with optimism, encourage inner dialogue, and overall balanced wellness. Really excited to have on the show, Bianca DeGroat. So I'm so happy that you joined me today. I want to talk about so much (laughs) because I find you so interesting. And I'm sure that a lot of my listeners are going to be like, what is this? What is this? And I promise y'all, this is not voodoo or hoodoo. This is like a legit, amazing tool that you can use to transform your life, heal your body, etc., So I want to talk first about like, how did you end up doing what you do? I mean, hypnotherapy is not exactly advertised as a career path. (laughs) So how did you, how did you end up? I've never heard anyone be like, oh my God, all my life. I, you know what I mean? I wanted to be a hypnotherapist. I know it's a very weird thing. It's a little weird. It's a little outside the box. I discovered it when I sort of met someone, I quit smoking with hypnotherapy. And so that really worked. Yeah. I smoked for 17 years. Wow. And so I did six sessions and I never had another puff on a cigarette. And that was about, I think that was eight years ago now. Wow. And it was really cool. And uh, I never forgot that. And I was really just impressed with the power of my own mind. You know, that was the thing that really made an impression on me. And then I read Many Lives, Many Masters, which is a Brian Weiss book um, Mm. about past life regressions, et cetera. And that was a really powerful book. And I was just blown away. And, you know, I stayed in touch with my hypnotherapist. She became a real mentor for me. And that's kind of how I went into it. I was doing actually a Taco Bell commercial. And (laughs) I was thinking that I was going to eat this taco or that I had eaten that taco. Somebody carved a bite out of it. And I was... (laughs) 
vegan and I certainly wasn't about to eat that taco, but <laughs> right. after doing that for like five hours, I was like, you know, I got to figure something out where I'm putting good into the world instead of this trash, you know? Right. Wow. So, I mean, it sounds like a very typical healer journey. Like I kind of have a similar thing where you kind of like you have a problem and then you get healed and then you're like, oh, that was cool. And then you're like, okay, let me help some other people. Yeah, Um, Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. So when I found you, when I found you and ended up doing a session with you, I was like exploring the power of the subconscious mind. I had a client that I wanted to help who I felt were ill because of thoughts, because of thoughts or because of beliefs that they had. And then I had my own stuff that I wanted to explore. And I was like, okay, well, let me check this out and let me see if I can find a black woman. (laughs) And this is how I found you. But I had no idea. I realized when we started talking that I had all kinds of crazy misconceptions about what hypnotherapy was. And I'm sure that a lot of people listening feel the same. Like we don't really know. We just know that we've seen the thing on TV where someone waves a thing in front of your face and you're kind of like in a trance and they make you bark. Yeah. Like, can you explain to people what hypnotherapy really is and what actually happens when you're in it? Okay. So I'll tell you what does not happen. And what does not happen is what happens in Get Out. Nobody's going (laughs) to this place. Nobody's getting stuck anywhere. Okay. That's not what I'm doing over here. Okay. No Get Uh, Out. Great movie. Great movie. Love Jordan Peele. So wait, you don't have a teacup? (laughs) I don't have a teacup. I was going to do a session at the Four Seasons yeah. with a woman from Saudi Arabia. And she, you know, kept offering me these things as I was, would you like some chocolate? Would you like some tea? Would you like some water? What can I get you? And I'm like, I'm fine. But she finally had to say, you have to accept something in order for us to get this started. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I had a tea and I found myself sitting there stirring my tea while we're talking prior to the hypnosis part. And I was like, oh, this is so weird. Luckily, she hadn't seen that movie. But um, Wait, so, so she yeah, get no, out, she get outed you. She get outed me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I was like, how did I get framed up like this? That's really funny. Uh, but no, like, I'm not over here trying to take people's power. Right. My whole goal is to empower people the way I was empowered. And it's, it's just guiding people to their own conclusions and their own strength. And it's really a lot of dehypnotizing more than hypnotizing because it's, hmm. it's sort of helping people get rid of their programming and their beliefs, like you were talking about. Right. Those thoughts, those beliefs that are creating the struggles and the issues. It's about dehypnotizing people of their programming so that they can be who they actually are. Wow. Okay. And so what does that look like on a very like basic practical level? Am I falling asleep? Am I awake the whole time? Like, how does it work? Well, in the session, usually I work in a series of three sessions and usually the sessions take place about every three weeks. And Mm -hmm. in the first session, we just talk for about usually 20, 30 minutes. And it's different from conventional therapy in the way that Usually in conventional therapy, you you have about 50 minutes and you talk about the problems that you're having pretty much the whole time. And then you get maybe some techniques, maybe some advice, whatever. And it has its place. I'm not saying it doesn't, but 
with this, we just talk about the problems for a few minutes, like 15 minutes, and then we get into what you actually want instead. Because right. those are the words we're going to use to actually change the beliefs. We right. need to use your words. And so then we go into the hypnosis portion where it's not like sleeping. It's really the mind stays alert and the body becomes relaxed. And it's mm. very similar to, you know, athletes call it being in the zone. You're just focus. You have a singular focus and you're not thinking about what's happening outside of what you're doing. Mm. Like if you're watching, if you're watching a movie and you have those four, four lines that constitute the screen and you're totally engrossed in the movie and you're not thinking about anything outside the movie, you know that it's a movie, but you're just completely focused on it. And the difference is in my sessions, your eyes are closed. So your body gets more relaxed, but your mind stays alert. Right. And we can get to the point, that meditative place where we slow down your brain waves and get to access the subconscious mind instead of the conscious mind. Because we are right now working with beta waves, our conscious mind, mm-hmm. and, and we're having thoughts and we have a running commentary in our heads and we have a very conscious analytical, that's your analytical mind, your conscious mind. And your subconscious mind is your feeling mind. It's your emotional mind. It's where you're imagination comes from it's where your dreams come from and it has access to a lot more information than analyzing things with your conscious mind no that makes a lot of sense and I think the way you described it is kind of how I felt in the session like almost like being in meditation like it just it didn't yeah it didn't see and I was just like oh this isn't like scary (laughs) this isn't scary and strange this is just like kind of meditating (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it's meditative, and I sort of guide you. And the only thing that's required is the willingness to be guided. And it's yes. okay. So, and then you find your own answers and you figure out your own stuff. And that's why it's so empowering. And that's why you're able to change. So then you get a recording. Mm-hmm. So, all the work that you do in the session, I make a recording about 25 minutes long, usually. And you listen to that for three weeks and it's to make what I say in the recording, which is based on our pre-talk, what's based on what work comes up in the session mm-hmm. and using your work and just creating and a recording that's full of the beliefs that you actually have when you don't have all this other stuff in the way. Yes. And so making those ideas familiar because the mind likes what's familiar. That's one of the rules. So to make those things in the recording familiar and then the other stuff unfamiliar. And so, that's the point of the revolution. No, that makes a lot of sense. So for people listening who are kind of like, there's probably a lot of terms you've said that they might not know what they mean. You've kind of explained oh. hypnotherapy. You've explained RTT. What is past life regression and how do you use that in your work? So past life regression, so when we do the sessions, there's a lot of different kinds of sessions. The RTT, the Rapid Transformational Therapy session, involves regression. And so mm-hmm. once you're nice and relaxed, you may remember, I say we're going back to the cause, the reason, the origin of said issue, whatever you're coming in with. And so in a moment, we're going to go back to a scene, event, time, place, experience, all to do with the cause, the reason, the root of the whatever, anxiety, depression, confidence, trouble, phobia, whatever. And then I'm presented by the client with scenes. Right. So sometimes 
usually people go back to scenes in their childhood, but sometimes people go back to scenes as young as in the womb. And sometimes people go back to from other lives. Wow. All of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden, you know, I have a client who's a young African-American woman and all of a sudden she's a Chinese man in the 1800s, you know, and, and what? there's a situation. <laughs> going on there. Yes, girl. What? Like, Child. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is sometimes happen. What? That, yeah. So the way that that works is it's like, is it true? Is it not true? Right. I've done enough sessions where, because I have people who come to me just for past life regression. Right. People who are really into Brian Weiss or or whatever. He made the, the past life regression pretty popular back uh, 30 years ago. He wrote that book I told you about, Many Labs, Many Masters. But yeah. the idea is to take the lessons, whatever is coming up. I said we're going back to the root of the cause of the issue. So the scene comes up and you figure out what the lessons were in that life that were meant to be learned. So what can Mm. we learn from that life that will inform and empower our lives now? Okay. And just apply it to this life. It's kind of like, if you believe it or not, that's not the point. If it comes up and the client believes it, then it's true enough. That makes sense. Because it's, it's always the perspective of the client. Okay, that makes sense. So what are some of the yeah. common subconscious blocks or, or the roots of some of these subconscious issues that are creating blocks for us, whether it be in money, health, career, relationships? I'm really fascinated with, obviously, health and nutrition and how people can literally make themselves sick from what they're choosing to believe or what kind of programming they have. But I'm curious at what things do you commonly see with your clients? Well, because I primarily deal with depression, anxiety, and confidence issues. I mean, I see all kinds of people, but a lot of times what comes with things like that are digestion problems. Mm. I find that whatever is going on in the digestion is always connected to an emotion. So I worked with a... 17 year old girl who had stopped going to school because her stomach problems were just mortifying to her. And it was, uh, you know, she was like gassy and making noises and pooping at school. Like she was not into it. And it was, she was, people were making fun of her. She was having a really hard time. And so I worked with her She was actually a very young 17, um, so I actually did not regress her. But all I had to do with her was we did three, four sessions, and it was a lot of imagery around being connected to her worth and understanding that the anxiety that was creating all these digestive problems, which was then creating more anxiety, we just had to kind of stop that loop. Right. People get stuck in a repeating pattern. So you just interrupt the pattern with the truth. And so showing her and making sure when she, cause you're, you're in hypnosis, you're open to these empowering ideas and these positive suggestions around your worth and mm. who you are and what you can have and just generally giving her hope for life. That was a big thing with her because she was pretty hopeless. No, that makes sense. It also makes a lot of sense that people with depression and anxiety are having digestive and gut issues because of the gut-brain connection. So it's like, I look at that in my practice too. It's like someone's coming to me 
with gut issues, I immediately know that their emotions may be unstable because our guts and our, our brains are so linked, it automatically causes an imbalance when one is off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what I found too. You know, it's always connected. Mm. Um, I also work with people who are having fertility problems. Oh, know? wow. Just struggling with infertility. And sometimes there's just no real medical reason. Mm-hmm. So you can say we're going back to the cause of the fertility problems, however it's worded. And I've had people go back to scenes where their mom was telling them, like, I wish you weren't here. You oh, know, no. Making my life hard just being here. And so just sort of being taught over time that they are a burden and that having kids is really hard and it totally messes up your life, you know? Yeah. And so people who have relationships that are rough with their mom, you know, that can be the root of fertility issues. Or, you know, if they have prior abortions or if, you know, there's a lot of different beliefs that can create health problems because your mind is just doing what it thinks you want it to do, which is another rule of the mind. Mm. If you have an unconscious belief that being a mom sucks or being a mom is really hard, consciously you're like, I want a baby so bad. And then deep down you're terrified of childbirth or something, you know? Right. I think that's the part that I feel like most of us don't really understand. And when I started to understand that, it started to freak me out a bit because I was like, wait a minute, I can have a legitimate desire to be healthy, to make more money, to have a certain career, to have a certain kind of relationship. But then underneath that, my programming could be sabotaging the very thing I want. Yeah. I mean, and there is the crux of what I do. It's always trying to figure out what the beliefs are that are keeping you from consciously getting the life that you want. Wow. You know? Hmm. Yeah. And what kinds of results, like, without naming names or giving too many crazy details, but I mean, tell me, what kinds of results have you seen with your clients over the years in their lives or even with their health after doing this kind of work on their subconscious mind? Yeah, actually, I just got an email recently. I was working with a 20, what is she? I think she's like 26. We did a session via Zoom because she's not in LA. And her issue is she wanted to move further in her career, but she was sort of not doing well in job interviews. She wasn't sleeping. She just had a sort of general anxiety going on. She was always worried that what she was doing wasn't going to be good enough, Mm. that what she had to say wasn't going to matter to anybody. Just a sort of, she just never felt good about herself. And so she would go into these interviews and she didn't have a lot of friends. And, you know, she's just having a hard time. And we did one session and I got an email from her a few days ago, because I checked in with her. I was like, what's going on? How do you like the recording? How are you feeling? Like, what is happening? And she said that she has been sleeping so well, because I tell people to sleep. Yes. (laughs) Yes, sleep. (laughs) I don't like people messing with my sleep. So she's sleeping to the recording, and she's been really great rest. She's been feeling really rested. Okay. She actually had a doc interview since our first session. She was like, I was so calm. And she was like, I was able to just 
say what I wanted to say without getting tripped up. It was amazing. She also said that her driving, because she has, we didn't even talk about the driving, but she has trouble changing lanes. She's afraid to drive on highways, things like this. And she's like, I'm able to just drive. I can drive on a highway. I can change lanes. And it's wow. not a big deal. It's insane. So that's after one session. Now, is everything perfectly healed? You know, probably not. But right. You know, years of therapy into one session. And that's why we do two and three sessions. And sometimes people might need a couple more depending on what they're dealing with. But that's like an example where you can, because it's not necessarily when you're working with things like confidence and depression and anxiety, you look for, it helps to talk to them Mm -hmm. and just to see, like, look for the things that maybe they're not even seeing. But for her, she was like, this is happening, this is happening. So I'm really pleased. And yeah, we're going to do two more sessions. She's going to do the three sessions. And yeah, I see things like this. And I had a session um, not too long ago with a French woman and she was just as scattered and she's easily upset. She cries easily. She yells easily. She's going through life just sort of late for things and starting things and not finishing them, all of these things. And we did the first session and she felt like things were, she felt a little bit better, but things were still chaotic. And we did another session and that session we, we went back to a scene where she was being raped. And oh, so no. we had to, you know, I didn't know that was going to come up. She had never mentioned that. Right. <laughs> so we have to deal with what comes up, you know, and, it's a gentle thing. You know, you're never reliving anything. You're right. reviewing it. Right. And so just reassuring someone. And so when someone pulls up a violent scene, it's like, okay, put it on a screen, you know, right in front of you. And watch. you're here with me. You've already been through this. You're safe. And so watching it with sort of a fascination. Yeah. It's coming up for a reason, you know, like what are the beliefs that are being formed in this scene? That's creating all of this distress now. And so we did that session. I checked with it in with her after about two weeks later. And uh, she had gotten a lot of catharsis in that session. People usually cry, but there was a lot of like screaming and yelling, you know. So she just, it was just amazing. It was like, you wow. know, she's just like, I feel like wings. I feel like I have wings. I feel like I can do anything. It's, she got a lot out of that session. So. Yeah, I think what you said about not reliving it is a really important distinction. I think part of what makes this kind of therapy rapid is the fact that you're not rehashing stuff over and over again. I spent maybe a year and a half, two years of my college career in therapy. People who follow me know that I used to have like a an eating disorder. I had a binge eating disorder and it stemmed from like family issues and all this stuff. And I remember, I remember the day I went into therapy and I was like, I don't need this anymore. And I'm not going to let you like make me relive this. <laughs> like, I just kind of yeah. like said goodbye <laughs> to him like nicely and walked away and skipped out of the room, you know, because I was like, why am I here again? I'm actually OK. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's really cool that it's more about because sometimes that part of the problem is that we're too attached to something that has happened so long ago. We're, we're still identified with it. 
And so the idea mm-hmm. of like putting it out in front of us and like looking at it, like almost like we're watching a movie and picking it apart and being like, oh, this is what happened to little Ososa when this happened. I feel like that is very empowering in itself because you're kind of like disassociating with that event or that thing that you yeah. might have you might have attached to yourself for years, like forever. Yeah. Whenever there's something that you don't want anymore, mm. the words that you use are really important. So you don't want to claim it. Yes. You know? So you don't want to say my, you know, whatever, anything that you don't want to claim, my cancer. My, my yeah, exactly. I do that with my clients. My cancer, my endometriosis, my fibroids. I try to get them to stop saying that. Stop saying it. Refer to it as the, because there's no reason to claim something that you don't want. You're talking to yourself all the time. You know, you're informing your mind what to think. And it's like, just separate yourself from it. You know, that's a big thing. Amazing. Uh, Amazing. All right. One last question. So this whole (laughs) show is about staying ageless because I'm obsessed with longevity and nutrition and looking and feeling amazing. And I noticed that you are like 40-something, but you look like you're 22. And I need to know if you believe that it's just genetics, black don't crack, or do you feel like there's also something going on with your mindset? Because you look really young. Well, so one thing I will say, I'm vegan. I feel like that's a huge thing. Okay, yeah, me too. So, okay, I'm with you on that. Go vegan if, like you wanna li- <laughs> if you want to live long and look great. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, I'm with you on that. (laughs) One thing that I've learned, and and I think I'm 43. Okay. um, And I have not had a picnic of a childhood at all. Right. I wouldn't say that at all. So I think part, I've really thought about this, actually. So I think part of it is because after such a rough, upbringing. Yeah. I just decided, and I didn't realize I decided this. I was like, I'm going to have the most fun that I can have. And so I really was like, I'm not, I don't want to feel like shit anymore. You know? So I just kind of always instinctively did things that I thought were fun. It's not always the healthiest choice. I'm not sure. But now that I've come around, once you get into like thirties, I rebelled for my twenties. Once I got in my thirties, you just start getting introspective about things. At least I did. This is how it was for me. And then I really feel like the key to so much is letting go of control and mm. trusting your path. Yeah. Just let it go. Mm. You know, those are the most powerful words. Mm. Let go over and next. <laughs> if you can't change it, don't stress about it. If you can't, yes. if you can't change it, just change it. Don't yes. stress about it. For sure. Like I actively decide not to be stressed out about things all the time. And it's like that thing where it's like, I'm deciding not to be stressed about things. And if I start getting stressed, I change the thought that's creating the stress and it becomes a habit. And then your habits just become kind of who you are. So I do it without really thinking about it now. No, that's awesome. I'm I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I actively am not going to get stressed out about things. No, I love it. Unless. Unless I see a like a dog running through traffic, that I can lose my mind. <laughs> Other than that, <laughs> no, I love that. That makes a lot of sense. And also, like you know, a lot of women and men that I've interviewed who have lived really long and looked really great, 
they all seem to have a certain mindset. And one of them is positive mental attitude. And they also try to keep their stress down. They woosah a lot. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for doing this. Where can people find you online? Yes. My website is Bianca DeGroat Hypnotherapy. I'm on Instagram at Bianca DeGroat Hypnotherapy. That's mm-hmm. B-I-A-N-C-A-D-E-G-R-O-A-T Hypnotherapy. I am here for you. And yeah, that's what I got. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bianca. Thank you. It is time to take some questions from Instagram and email. Remember, if you would like to have your question answered on the show, all you have to do is send me a DM, slide up into my DMs, or respond to the call for questions on my profile at The Raw Girl on Instagram, or contact me via my website, therawgirl.com. Today's email question is Dear Raw Girl, what are some natural ways to make green juice more appealing? Ooh, I feel you on this. To start, I know if you're answering this question, one of your main concerns might be the adjustment of your palate to the lack of sugar in vegetable juices. Let me tell you, I used to be straight addicted to sugar, consuming a lot of processed vegan sweets and desserts, and it was juicing vegetables that actually helped me kick my sugar habit. What I had to do in the beginning was include a lot of apple and pear to my vegetable juice to make it more palatable. I also added things like lemon and ginger, which gave it a nice kick, which is not only good for your body, but can also give your juice more flavor. Make sure that if you're juicing greens, that you also add like a water-rich vegetable, something like cucumber, celery. I used to also use even romaine as sort of a base along with your greens. My only warning with juicing is don't go overboard. Listen to your body. Periods of juice feasting or fasting can be amazing and great ways to give your digestive system a mini break. But if you have blood sugar issues, smoothies may be a better option if you're going to do it with a lot of frequency because you're going to get more of the fiber and you're going to have less of a sugar response than you would have if you were just drinking straight juice. I hope that helps you. (laughs) Happy juicing. All right, it's time to close out the show. Hopefully the information presented today inspired you guys to think about your subconscious programming and how it's affecting what's showing up in your life. Remember, if you don't like the behavior patterns, emotions, or outcomes your subconscious mind is creating in your life, you have the power to change it. And you also have the power to use your subconscious mind to help you heal if you are struggling with any sort of chronic illness or disease. Today's show is a great reminder that health involves not just the body, but the mind and spirit as well. And in order for us to achieve wellness, we must nurture all three. In the words of Buddha, the secret of health for both mind and body is not to mourn for the past, not to worry about the future, not to anticipate troubles, but to live in the present moment wisely and earnestly. Well, that's all for today, y'all. If you're looking for more health tips or have a question for the show, Find me on Instagram at The Raw Girl. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We have amazing content coming for you guys. You can also find me and contact me through my website, therawgirl.com. 
Until next time, sis, I hope you stay on track to living that ageless life. For more about the show, head on over to our website, stayingagelessshow.com.